0: Alright, so <laughs> Here's Lady Gaga Oreo <laughs>
1: For all our viewers No introduction <laughs> No reference
0: yeah, it is. To... <laughs> Wait, These are the that... Oreos Yeah, maybe that didn't make it into the final cut
1: mm, That's good ASMR Mm. Oh.
0: Crunch. Wait, did, did you, you hear heard? her? <laughs>
1: um, to... So my name is Augusta.
0: My name is Eva.
1: And this is the Phenomena podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, so this week, we're kicking off a new arc. Last week, we concluded our science arc. And now we're beginning... Yes. A whole new chapter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we can loosely summarize it as being about the. What are we calling it? Proof? The-
0: yeah, methods the technologies, of methods of proof, technologies and rhetorics of proof really thought, speaking of proof, that that was just a bottle of wine. And you had just in the middle of the recording, apropos of nothing, lifted up a huge decanter of Carlo De Rossi. I mean,
1: <laughs> that would be huge for us, but that's more Patreon content.
0: That's more me also, on it's this side. quite also,
1: literally 8.39 like <laughs> a.m.
0: Listen, it's five o'clock somewhere. Um... Barnard College does not advocate the use of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, The it felt like after the last series, the logical next step was to talk more about the technologies and rhetorics of proof, even though, again, this show does not seek to prove or disprove the existence of ghosts, despite our clickbait title for the last episode. Um... But you can't talk about ghosts without talking about the conversation around proof about ghosts. And it's, yeah,
1: yeah. so much of the media that we've dealt with deals with the question of proof. Like, Mm -hmm. it just comes up again and again, and it seemed Mm -hmm. prescient to address it. Mm -hmm. And also, we wanted to watch Ghost Adventures. And so, for this episode, we did. Before Ghost Adventures was a TV show, it was an independent documentary film um, produced by... Zach Bagans, the other people on the show. And then they sold it to sci-fi channel, which showed it in 2007. And then they sold it uh, later to the Travel Channel, or they acquired the rights to it, I guess, who began playing it in 2008. For those of you who know your television and film history, 2008 was during and after the writer's strike, which was the birth of reality television in the form we know it now because TV needed... Content that didn't require a writer's room because the writers were on strike for digital rights. An issue that affected me personally, but probably not most of America. Except it brought us ghost adventures. Um there the are
0: fucking Jersey Shore.
1: And the Jersey Shore. I mean it brought us TV as we know it today, the yeah. Kardashians, everything. 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 Yeah. It was a huge point in yeah. culture. Um simple life. Some would even say a labor issue, but that's beyond the scope. Um, so it's there are twenty seasons. Uh Currently, season 20 is airing uh, on, actually, it's on Discovery Plus now, which I guess is the travel channels, like, or the Discovery, Discovery Channel's Travel online, yeah. It's all part of the same conglomerate, mm-hmm. but it's, anyway, it's online now. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a documentary-style TV show, the same way that, like, a travel show or a food show might be, but it's mm-hmm. about ghost hunters, paranormalists, Zach Bagans, Nick Groff, Aaron Goodwin... Billy Tolley, is that right? Mm
0: hmm.
1: And Jay Wosley. Mm
0: hmm.
1: Am I getting this right? And yeah. they're investigating haunted locations across America and then internationally later. Mm hmm. Um, if you've never seen the show.
0: Investigating is a severe word. Well, well I mean. I'd say they experience haunted locations.
1: I mean, they call it
0: an investigation, but, like, they don't offer a conclusion.
1: They offer absolutely... This is one of the things I noticed. So, I have not watched a lot of Ghost Adventures. So, this was really my first, like, sit-down full Ghost Adventures. I'm here to watch it. Like, I've seen it before, obviously. Mm -hmm. This is the first time Mm -hmm. I sat down to watch Ghost Adventures. And it is a crazy show if you've never seen
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. Such a crazy
1: show. Um, We watched an episode Mm -hmm. about the Civil War and an episode about Goatman's Bridge in Texas, in Denton, Texas.
0: Mm -hmm. Fun fact I have, but a big reveal in there.
1: You're kidding.
0: (sighs) I am not kidding. Oh my God.
1: Did you choke yourself?
0: (laughs) Did you gag? Were you (laughs) gagging? <laughs>
1: oh my um, god paupers no spirits. i mean we just drove over it
0: it's right. not even in use really so
1: right um but it's
0: more like a trail now
1: that makes sense i mean it looks like a trail on the show like you're like oh you're in like a nature area
0: it's nice yeah like it's a dirt road
1: um so these two episodes of the show so okay it's interesting that you say that you think it's more like experiential versus investigative because i think that's brings us to some interesting questions about technologies of proof that we can get into later in the episode. But Mm -hmm. I think the, this is something we've pointed to before in the show, but the difference between concrete, hard scientific proof of paranormal phenomena and experiential belief that leads you to understand that something outside of normal happened to you Mm -hmm. while overlapping are often confused. And actually this show, though it claims to be investigative and scientific, probably falls more into that category, I think, which is what you're pointing Mm -hmm. to.
0: Yes, and and I don't mean to say like they are investigating, not in the sense you would probably not you you but like the proverbial you would also about me <laughs> investigating a place. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean that's what I want to talk about for the Battle of Perryville. Um, is basically the way that they sew or go back and forth, slalom, oscillate, however you want to express, (laughs) express the concept of going back and forth between these sort of like illusions, A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N-S, to hard science and the illusion, I-L-L-U-S-I-O-N, of hard science. But then also to... You know, just purely talking on an experiential basis about feelings and experiences of a place and how they sort of tie those together to make their thesis statement, which supposedly is this place is haunted or this place isn't haunted, but I've never seen them say either of those things. They mostly say, (laughs) yeah, right. They mostly say like, there are forces here or like this place these things can't be explained and
1: well they also don't try to explain which is part of what's fascinating about the show yes so yes well let's do should we do a little recap of what happens in both episodes i can take Ghostman's bridge if goatman's bridge if you want to take um battle of perryville
0: so the battle of perryville um is i think a revisit to a previous. it is a revisit to a previous episode where they traveled to perryville kentucky which is a region um and there was a very, very deadly battle in the Civil War there that actually involved crossfire that went through a home. So they visit two homes, which were converted into Field Hospital, um, which have the most insane names physically possible. One of them is called the Die House, and one of them (laughs) is called the H.P. Bottom House. It Um, really is
1: like, they're named the Murder House and the Funny Butt House, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but yeah, bro, it's hilarious. Um, let's hold on, my space heater comes on sometimes. Without me asking it to. There
1: are forces here that cannot be explained.
0: There are forces here that can't be explained. Um, that's a dead-on Zach Bagans impression for those really of you is. don't watch the show. <laughs> um. Is that, that i've done better but anyway i'm also wearing my bagans goggles in honor of zach bagans. Yes. they're a little more feminized here in the front but i did buy them because they look like his goggles.
1: bagans um, feminization
0: i live my whole life trying to be a zach bagans au where he's female um uh shit i got really distracted huh okay so they go to these field hospitals they um uh they engage the expertise of a Civil War historian and local historian, um, as well as a local team of professional Civil War reenactors, um, which is part of why this episode is so fucking good. Um, and then they also engage in their sort of regular technological investigation of mm-hmm. the houses, which involves uh, what they call X-cams, which are essentially just <laughs> fucking camcorders that they put on a tripod. like Just it, you know. Walmart cameras yeah like just straight up cameras um stationary cameras on tripods um and then a few different technologies that are used to record spiritual like voices or uh frequencies um the ovulus the spirit box which we can talk about um what those really are and of course like thermal imaging is a classic for them as well um, and they try to engage by speaking directly to the spirits and, and seeking responses from them. And this episode, sort of notably, they are able to contact, whether you believe it or not, they are able to contact the spirit of a dead soldier named Daniel McIlvain.
1: And then in the uh, Goatman's Bridge episode, they're in Denton, Texas, which is supposedly... Uh... yee ha. Yeehaw, bro! Highly. Denton, haunted. Texas, is
0: one of the litest places, most fascinating cultural places in the United States. Highly recommend.
1: I would love to just like do a Texas trip with you for the show, of course.
0: Really, really interesting place. Dallas, it's like outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. Go on.
1: So they go to Denton, Texas, um, and they investigate a place called the Goatman's Bridge, which is, of course, a bridge. Uh, the idea is that there was a goat herder named Oscar living there at some unspecified time in the past. And he was a black man and he was lynched by the KKK. Mm -hmm. And then his body vanished when they were Mm -hmm. lynching him and his spirit came and like tormented the people who killed him. And now the Mm -hmm. vengeful spirit seeks revenge, sort of maybe that's who it Mm is because they keep saying that like different names of different spirits keep coming up, but Mm -hmm. this is not, this episode is notably not super invested in technologies of proof because they're so haunted in this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> in that like mm-hmm. there's the spirit um scares supposedly the spirit is like scaring women like terrifying women attacking women attacking and women and making them attack them themselves to attack and,
0: other people mm-hmm. exactly and
1: like filling them with rage and this happens to like the one woman on their camera crew and she has to mm-hmm. go home like she leaves the shoot and then she leaves the show. Yeah she leaves the show entirely I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then they make contact a bunch more times they're like out filming at night and they've (laughs) what i love about this show just to talk about technologies yeah is that they do i guess it's supposed to be like a night vision vibe they just make they just make it green
0: they just tint the screen green and you can visibly see that the lights are still on. Like the bright lights are like still on, but they just made it green. It's, it's so vision.
1: good where it's like, and they will be like, okay, I'm yeah. switching back to regular. And it's just like the green filter goes away and everything is <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. And you're like, thank mm-hmm. God we have top technological advancements on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are filming and like, there's an unexplained pair of eyes in the forest that couldn't possibly belong to any known creature. And you're like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It could it couldn't be just a dog.
0: Right, like are you sure it's not a coyote. Right. <laughs> or like it couldn't possibly belong to
1: any creature, though we have not investigated that possibility at all.
0: Right. They don't even notice it in the moment. It's only picked up by the cameras because of the way the back of uh whatever the animals reflect light
1: yeah exactly like they have no idea it's there it immediately turns around and leaves never comes up again but they keep getting like attacked by dark shadows (laughs) they're all they're like all turning around on the camera like their shoulders getting tapped and like kind of dancing and then oh my god one of them like passes out he has like this whole episode he's like full of rage they do a summoning circle they summon demons one of them leaves Mm -hmm. they follow him oh my god
0: yeah, it's, they do it's a extremely ritual chaotic to supposedly like banish the demons but in a classic um plot format which ha- this happens in every plot that involves like rituals to banish demons it gets like interrupted which is like the wor- worst thing you can possibly do when you're doing a ritual and they're really like secretive about the ritual too they're like we're not even going to show it all on television even though it's legit it's like legit we're speaking ass latin and they go like <laughs> Ecto-spiritus. One of them, them goes, of them them goes.
1: in order to deal with this demon, we believe it's important to fight fire with fire. So in mm-hmm. my extensive research, I found a ritual from ancient texts, which I will be using. It is important to note, this ritual is not satanic in nature. You're like, they
0: really, really go in that it's not satanic. Because the whole like, show is structured around this binary that we've spoken about in other episodes of that like evil versus good and they they lean into satan as uh as evil
1: right but it's like bro you're summoning demons
0: like it is satanic
1: in nature okay yeah but they're summoning them to banish the goat man in this specific instance they say that they're going to summon three demons to banish him
0: do they Oh, maybe i didn't listen carefully enough
1: well maybe i got that wrong but either way yeah. they're contacting demons and attempting to interact with them in like a material yeah. way
0: yeah. which just
1: seems like you're bro force is outside your control so, honey
0: mm-hmm.
1: like just mm-hmm. leave just leave the hot <laughs> spot whatever it's a show mm-hmm. obviously yeah no, but it's awesome um and then zach there's this crazy footage where one of their crew members keeps, like, blacking out and falling down and he won't cross the bridge because he's, Mm -hmm. like, so overcome by this possession. Mm -hmm. And then Zach starts physically choking himself with one hand and talking about how he can't breathe. And it's crazy because, like, if you've never seen Ghost Adventures, which, like me, you don't quite realize how much these guys are just, like... They have, like, a guy who sexually harasses you outside of yoga class energy. Like they're like, oh, so, that's so
0: interesting as a newcomer. Yeah.
1: Like not. I mean, they don't seem like, her, but they just like, they're dudes. Like they're, right,
0: they don't Wait, seem predatory, but they are
1: dudes. Capital yes.
0: D. Yes. If you did a word cloud of the most often spoke word on that show, it would be bro.
1: Exactly. 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 That's what I mean. And so like when yeah. he's like supposedly possessed and like choking himself and they keep being like, Zach, stop it. Quit it, man. Zach, put your hand down, bro. What are you doing, dude? Stop now hurting you know- yourself. Come on, man. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> now you know where Zach stop comes from, which exactly. Kristin and I frequently yell at one another. <laughs> Zach, stop. Zach, Zach, stop. Dude, stop so, it, Zach.
1: It's so good,
0: dude. They are, dude. I'm well. I'm in love with them, obviously, on like a spiritual level, not on like a. I mean, I think I think Zach's hot, obviously. I mean, yeah. duh. but, um trying to describe what he looks like for people who haven't seen the show, but you know what he looks like.
1: Just look him up. He looks like a ghost. He looks like a ghost investigator who also like does a... fitness.
0: Yeah, exactly. He just looks like a... Shouldery. Um. Yeah, shouldery. Roll real, real Dorito shape body type. <laughs> <laughs> body on Dorito. Dorito's um, puffs. Yeah, and like a significant nose, and he definitely dyes his hair black, and he, has, he rocks a fauxhawk. Um... God, I love Zach Bagans. And then he wears these, like, really, really crazy, like, sort of Tron like, square frame black glasses. So it's really, um, and I say that because the show has a heavy emphasis on aesthetics and visual, you know, a visual communication that you are now entering something that is spooky. Um,
1: so one thing that I noticed when watching Ghost Adventures was the way that, truth and proof is presented or specifically in this case, not presented. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You were talking earlier about how there's this difference between what we might call experiential proof and like scientific hard proof, AKA proof that can be replicated Mm -hmm. by anybody who does experiments under the same conditions versus proof for yourself Mm -hmm. and for perhaps in this case, an audience. And I think the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about ghost adventures is that it, it walks that line creatively slash artistically
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And of course not methodologically or scientifically. Mm -hmm. So like there are shots where (laughs) they turn on the camera, right? And it's black and white and it's blurry. The contrast is turned really high up and there's a red arrow in the shot pointing at something and it says, Mm -hmm. look here. Mm -hmm. And what appears is like a black spot or a white spot or, you know, Mm -hmm. what looks like a visual distortion in the camera. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they say, we saw something here that could not be explained by normal means. Mm -hmm. But of course they don't try and explain it by normal means. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. In the first five minutes of the battle of Perryville, um, they review a photographs, a pair of photographs taken by um, the civil war historian. And he says a few important things. He says that he took a picture and then he says, and then just to be sure I took another one. And so they look at the two pictures, and in the first one, there is what they are describing as a vortex, which I would describe as, like, a white, um, sort of amorphous ball shape with a tendril or two, and then in the second photo, it's not Mm -hmm. there. So it's an interesting contrast, and I came across this a lot in my thesis work, too. It's, like, an interesting contrast of, like, you in order to demonstrate that something is true, you have to demonstrate that you yourself are not sure about it.
1: Mm.
0: So that's just an example of when that happens. Like he was like, and I wasn't sure. So I took a second photo to be sure. And then the second photo, it's not even in the second photo, but that's not really the point of him saying that he took a second photo. That's the point is that there's this constant repetition of you having to say that it's, that it's not truly a ghost. It's, unknown and that you can't Mm -hmm. be sure and this i mean it recurs throughout the show but it also recurs throughout paranormal storytelling anytime somebody tells a story there's this sort of like i can't it can't be anything else it can't be explained at all or it can't be explained by anything else so it has to be a ghost but not even that it's like I myself am not a person who is immediately convinced that this is a ghost. And let me tell you that before I try to convince you that it's a ghost.
1: Right. That's actually interesting because there are multiple places in that, in both the episodes we watched where they said, I think repetition is key here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel like in what you're saying that you experience something abnormal or someone experiences something abnormal. And so you try and repeat the circumstances or conditions under which that abnormal thing happened. And even if the same thing doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. if something does, that's proof. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, in Goatman's bridge, they say that the name of the ghost, the guy who was hung is Oscar. Mm-hmm. But that that name never comes up again. Other names come up, and they in no way try and make an ideological link to why that might be. But the fact that other names are coming up means that there is a named entity here
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is trying to communicate. Steve. The fact that you can make a word out of it at all mm-hmm. is proof, yeah, Steve. Right.
0: And in and in the other one, Daniel. Yeah. So yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm just looking at my notes because. There's so many good moments in the Battle of Perryville where you really see not only the technologies of proof, but the rhetoric of proof in people talking about mm-hmm. ghosts. Um, right after they do the photo, they talk to a um, a couple who experienced like ghost stuff at the place. <laughs> well done, Eva. And they show the photo. <laughs> they show the couple the photo, and they say, "This is an actual photo taken in 2008." I know that both of you are very credible. Do you think that this photograph is legit? Yes, you're
1: very credible. And the woman yes. says,
0: I think it's real. And the man says, I have to believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that it's real. Chew on that. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's- Chew just, on that. Well, no. I just think it's so good as this moment of like the fact that there's two people. First of all, the the duet, the dyad thing where one of them is a woman and one of them is a man and the woman says i think it's real which is perfectly emblematic of the sort of general um if you can say there's a general female experience of the paranormal and ex- female experience of retelling the paranormal and then the mm-hmm. man says i have to believe that it's real which is such a uh, so representative of, in my research experience, the male relationship with the paranormal and uh, sort of like social retelling and expressing of paranormal experiences. So good.
1: Totally. And it's interesting because then in a more abstracted sense, as in in a more removed from the actual words themselves, this thing we were talking about off camera or off mic, there is this thing where... On the one level, there's multiple levels at which the proof operates, at which the yes. de- at which certainty operates mm-hmm. here. So the first one is something happened here once. Yes. That's the core nugget of the story. In there was a battle. Mm-hmm. There was a Civil War battle and people died in a violent, terrible way. Mm-hmm. And then later there was a horrible lynching, which both of those things representing dark elements of the American mm-hmm. past that hold power for those listening, mm-hmm. right? As we've discussed in previous episodes, mm-hmm. these are Hugely large, symbolic of American experience in a larger way. Mm-hmm. So you have that story. Then you have the story of other people experiencing the ghost, mm-hmm. which lends credibility and credence, or at least piques interest. Mm-hmm. So you start the ep- fucking plane, sorry. So then you have the second level on which proof operates, which is that other people have experienced the thing mm-hmm. in these narratives. Mm-hmm. So the battle, then the ghosts Mm -hmm. so you have the people who live in these homes who say I've seen ghosts before I've seen spirits you interview these people up top Mm -hmm. this is part of establishing the narrative or you interview women who have been possessed by the ghost who say Mm -hmm. something wasn't right I felt angry I felt removed from myself I wanted to hurt people I had scratches right Mm -hmm. okay so the first two levels of proof which happen off camera but which we get to see the retelling of then you have the level of proof of the fact that these people are there So the very fact of this being a ghost story, which Ghost Adventures is going to and telling adds some level of, if not scientific credibility, at least reality and interest, Mm -hmm. right? It it adds another layer of proof. The fact that they're investigating this at all implies that something is happening there. Mm -hmm. Then you have the level of proof of the actual technologies, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the EVP, you have the ghost box. You put the ghost box up and you 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 have the Civil War Mm reenactors who are like, I don't know, I felt something, I saw something, I saw someone behind mm-hmm. me. I saw, you know, the testimony of the people there. That's mm-hmm. one, which you capture the testimony on camera. Then you have the level of what the camera itself captures. So you have the spoken, um, you know, in the Goatman's Bridge episode, you have the people saying, What was his name? Steve? Steve. You have them, you've said, you know, who are you? What's your name? Steve. And they replay it like six times, getting louder and louder. Slower and slower. Steve. And slower. Steve. Great, great. Clearly he said Steve. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then one more layer removed, which is obviously not acknowledged by the show itself, you have the fact that this is showing on television, mm-hmm. which adds a layer of credibility to it already, mm-hmm. because the mere fact of it being shown implies that something there's something there, that it would be pl- platformed in a sense. I mean, this return, this mm-hmm. is a quite, you know, the question of platforming is obviously complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mean to take a strong deplatforming platforming stance or prop you know whatever but i just mean like there is a certain credibility by being on platforms of trust such as television and obviously yes. people don't believe everything they see on tv
0: right anymore
1: but it's certainly more i mean you know in 2008 when this all when this began like reality television was new we still had mm-hmm. the idea that reality television was reality at least in some capacity mm-hmm. like there wasn't scripted reality tv mm-hmm. so to me i see in that the pulling of the many different layers mm-hmm. of credibility mm-hmm. that are required for like these te- you know, all the different technologies mm-hmm. available in these episodes. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a constant sort of, um, you know, phasing through these levels um, back and forth mm-hmm. of what type of proof you're offering. I mean, just to read you here, I'll just read you all the, quotes that I wrote down. There's only like ten. I'll just read you all the quotes yes. that I wrote down during the Battle of Perryville episode. Which was Please do. I did pretty detailed notes up to like minute 16, and then I stopped paying attention because I've seen this episode like six times. And then I just wrote down a couple things for <laughs> the end So I wrote down that conversation, the conversation about the picture, then I wrote down, uh We have luminal that they use in crime scene investigations.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: and then as, as they use the luminol, which is a chemical that's used to um, uh, expose, it reacts to certain other chemicals and uh, it doesn't emit light, but it like glows. I guess that's emitting light. Mm-hmm. It glows under UV. Sorry, it reflects UV light once it has interacted mm-hmm. with these chemicals. That's the accurate way to say it. Um, these chemicals, note, can include blood, urine, almost any biological substance, but also some other non-biological substances um, like bleach, for example. Uh, And Zach asks the historian, he says, does this hit you at all to see the luminol? And the historian says, Mm. it does. And Zach says, why? And the historian says, because it brings it home.
1: Mm. And I think that's another place
0: where there's they're sort of doing two things at once with the luminol. The first thing they're doing is likening their investigation to a quote unquote scientific crime scene investigation, which honestly is probably not even as well done as a ghost adventures like investigation. <laughs> um, and, and also other TV crime investigation, which involves luminol a lot. We see luminol on TV a lot. Um, and then at the same time, they are, emphasizing how the luminol not just says oh there's blood here but it also says oh there's trauma here and it-
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it brings it home it brings it home it brings it in it brings it into your heart when the historian says the violence here happened and we can the, this luminol is the these glowing patches are places where people bled out places where people were amputated places where people were shot
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then they do, when they bring in the reenactors, they introduce that with a sentence before we do our lockdown investigation, we're going to be doing an experiment. And then they say they're bringing in uh, the reenactment, and they say they're going to make the reenactment, quote, as authentic as possible. And again, we're seeing the oh, double back. So we're seeing it, first, this is a science experience, but then second, it's as authentic as possible. And in this sense, authentic mm-hmm. doesn't mean scientific. It means we're bringing the feeling of that back. Right. Um Then we have one where it goes the other direction. Same two, same dyad of the feeling and the science, but around 15 minutes something is when they first encounter Daniel McElvain. Um, And the voiceover goes, as Aaron and I enter this room, I'm not going to do the voice. As Aaron and I enter this room- Please. As Aaron and I enter this room, there's a very strong pocket of free-floating energy that seems to affect us both. So we immediately commence an SB7 spirit box session. Um, So that one goes the other way, right? So first there's a feeling and it affects us both. And so we commence our SB7 spirit box session in an attempt to capture this feeling through quote unquote technological or scientific means. Um, And the other thing that I wrote down from their investigation is there's a moment about halfway through the episode, maybe two thirds of the way through the episode where Zach Sees a flash of light, then he hears a bang, and when he goes downstairs, he discovers that they're ovulous, which is perhaps the most scientifically tenuous of the technologies of proof that paranormalists use. I mean, even I find it tenuous has been uh, disturbed from the place where they left it to collect evidence. Oh, um, right. And he says in the, in the voiceover is, what I see flash to my right is actually Billy outside in the field, shining this, shining his flashlight. As you can see now clearly, as you can now clearly see him walking by in the distance out this window. But it is at this exact time that something really startles me from inside the house. And that's when it's the noise and he goes downstairs and there's no explanation for how the ovulus could have come off the table. Um, And in that, I think I see sort of an attempt at some scientific reckoning with, you know, when you write a lab report and you say, this went wrong and it was explained by this. So in his little lab report, which is the voiceover of the narration of the episode, he's saying... I thought I saw something, but what I actually saw was Billy's flashlight and that reinforces that the other things that they did and said were real because he's pointing out to you a mistake that he made. And I think that um, that's an effort they make a lot. Uh, they don't do it so well in the Goatman's Bridge episode, but in other episodes they do a really good job throwing themselves one, and this was a mistake. Uh, or and this was actually explained by this so that the rest of them they don't even have to try like you said they don't even attempt to disprove it because they just give you this other one that's like oh but this one wasn't real
1: right I mean by by introducing the idea that they're they understand themselves to be fallible and wrong Mm -hmm. and human
0: that's meant to create
1: trust because if they were fallible and human and wrong about this thing they would tell you because they told you before.
0: And that's critical to the expression, uh, to telling a paranormal story. You, the storyteller has to humble themselves, has to do something that's very difficult, which is to, at the same time. And I know this from my research and from this TV show. And I hope that when you hear it, you'll be able to think of times that you heard a ghost story where you heard this. They have to simultaneously humble themselves as someone who knows nothing about the universe, who can't be sure, Mm -hmm. who has no conviction. And also at the same time, someone who can be trusted to understand what's going on because they have knowledge of the universe. So somebody that knows that noise wasn't my heater. That noise wasn't my fan. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my brother sleeping in the other room. But also at the same time, I don't know what it was, even though I know what it wasn't is very difficult right
1: and you never want to it's weird to play this level on ghost adventures but i think you see this a lot more in stories that people tell interpersonally Mm -hmm. about ghosts you never want to start from the position of belief and conviction because you never want to start from the position of trying to evangelize or convert
0: correct sorry that
1: so it's always like I don't really believe in ghosts Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. this one time i absolutely saw my dead mother at the foot of my bed
0: exactly you have to make yourself rational um you have to make yourself a rational and reliable storyteller at first by saying that it didn't happen and that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that's so deliciously weird about ghost storytelling um Yeah, it's just this thing where it's like this didn't happen to me, but it absolutely happened to me or this could never have Mm -hmm. happened. But it did. This is impossible. Right. But it happened.
1: This is inexplicable, but I'm explaining it
0: exactly. I know it didn't Mm -hmm. happen, but it did.
1: Right. And so that brings actually to something that I wanted to talk about about Ghost Adventures, Mm -hmm. which is the way the episodes end. yes. Especially the Goatman's Bridge episode, but we can talk about mm-hmm. both. There's no wrap up.
0: hmm
1: There's a tremendous lack of wrap-up.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially as the season's. There's going no on. summary. Mm-hmm.
1: There's no and we realized. There's no we packed it up and left. There's no we dispelled the ghost. It's like every episode is to be continued. Mm-hmm. You're like in the middle of a different plot arc every episode. It's so it's so, it's bizarre as mm-hmm. documentary, but extremely compelling as a ghost story exactly. because it has the same thing that so many ghost stories have where you end in the middle.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's what makes it so true to the experience of ghost storytelling is the last sentence of a ghost story is. But I'm not sure, but I don't know, right? but I don't know what else it could have been, but I don't know how else to explain exactly. it. That's the last sentence of every ghost story. Or I know that sounds weird. That's it.
1: Right. I know I sound crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've never told this story before.
0: Yeah, I don't tell this story a lot because it makes me sound weird. Yeah. And it. And that's the end of every it episode. Is, it,
1: it's, actually, it's actually interesting to think about that as separate from questions, or like how they try and separate themselves from questions of like, Satan and demons and evil and possession, Mm -hmm. because we talked about this in the um, haunted dolls episode, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to questions of possession or of the devil Mm -hmm. and like demons and the existence of evil in the world, Mm -hmm. that is something that almost the storytelling form demands some kind of resolution and wrap up, Mm -hmm. which is why in so many films, so many American like horror films about possession, you end with, and then the night ends, the sun comes up, the family packs up, they leave the house, You say goodbye, the child looks out the window from the back of the moving van and sees the face in the window again. Mm -hmm. But you need, there needs to be some kind of resolution for the characters in those stories because the threats available are so terrible. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Ghost Adventures, I think because you know there's going to be a next episode, Mm -hmm. you almost don't need to do that as much. Like it's, it's foretold it's pre-concluded that they they survived to make another episode yes. which is part of what makes the ghost Goatman's bridge episode so haunting because one of their crew actually leaves the show after the episode yeah. and yet they still don't wrap up they still don't dispel the demon they don't deal with the demonic entity
0: mm-hmm. haunting it's very haunting
1: literally. literally
0: yeah there's nothing to be done it, the forces are so evil i think they say
1: um i love how they discuss forces Forces,
0: Yeah, I think forces is a way that they try to distance themselves from the semantics of mm-hmm. paranormalism, which paranormalists are very, um, peek behind the screen, paranormalists are very territorial over their definitions of different things, um, and it really is... It, adhering to one definition or another of spirit phantom phantasm echo evp like all of these words that you've heard us use um adhering to a specific definition of them positions you as a paranormalist really severely and i think that's what they're doing by using forces and entities is Mm. the other one that they say a lot and i think they're Mm -hmm. trying to escape the politics of just frankly, like it's so mundane and so petty, but like, honestly, the petty politics of paranormalism um, because they do have a lot of guests who are prominent in the field. Um, Shout out Carl Johnson, no relation. um, And other like sort of demonologists, priests, um, filmmakers, other people that are sort of circling the discipline. And those people will speak very clearly about what they mean. But Ghost Adventures will never, never be more honest than entity demon force. Well,
1: and you actually see that in the episode in the sense that they are constantly, I mean, definitely in Perrysville, they're constantly, like the scene you talked about, where they run downstairs. I saw the wrong thing. I ran downstairs. It had been thrown off. I don't know how that happened. And then in like Goatman's Bridge, there's a lot of discussion of seeing a tall, dark shape. Mm -hmm. That's the closest we ever get to the definition of, to the description or definition of the actual entity. Yes. Because even though we can say, Something terrible happened here to specific individuals, and we can say there's some kind of force haunting this place because they're unable to capture with any of their technologies an image of a person or an individual. Mm -hmm. They're unable to say with any kind of certainty Mm -hmm. that that's who it is. Yes. So we have a layer of abstraction, which is it could be the person, or it could be their energy, it could be something, someone who they hurt, Mm -hmm. who remains here. It could be, you know, there's like a variety of things it could be. All we know, but we know this for certain that something inexplicable is happening
0: here very much so very much so there is an there is a threshold that you can't cross rhetorically um in the sense where you can't be more definitive than the video evidence you have if your format is a video like a documentary television series you know um the only time they get more specific is when they when quote (sighs) So when this happens, quote, this is grade A audio evidence, and we are talking to the spirit of Daniel, is Zach's Mm -hmm. conclusion at the end of the Battle of Perryville when they're showing their audio recording to the Civil War historian and comparing it with his data about the name of soldiers, names of soldiers. And I think that's the only time... That's the only entity in that episode where that they they're like, oh, this is the spirit of Daniel McIlvain or Daniel McIlvain, however you pronounce that.
1: Um, oh, hundred percent. I mean, if you if you were to make a series of easily disprovable claims, right, you would put yourself in such a worse position than if you were to make a series of right. somewhat abstract yet. Visually believable claims.
0: Especially when the spirits they're talking about are so specific. And that's in both the Goatman's Bridge and Battle of Perryville and many other episodes. Many other stories of ghosts. There's photos of the grandmother. There's, they know what they're looking for. It's a goat man, right? But they don't catch a goat man on camera. They don't see a goat man when they're there. They see a tall shadow. They see... You know, a dark spot, a white orb. Um, And I think that's both the necessity, the rhetorical necessity of the form, and that's ghost storytelling in other ways. Because another Mm -hmm. thing that happens in ghost storytelling is, to uh, to your very apt analysis of the layers of things that have happened, is that the thing that happened... The trauma, the historical trauma and the other people that that's happened to those bottom two foundational layers are very specific. So those are things like Mm -hmm. she saw a woman in a white dress, you know, but the, but you going to experience a a scene of a haunting or you taking a picture at a scene of a haunting, I can guarantee you will not take a photo of a woman in a white dress. Even if it's the most haunted wedding chapel in the world, that is not going to happen. But that's always the idea of those bottom two layers. But then as you get closer and closer to the layer of experience in reality, these things get more and more nebulous. And that's true about ghost storytelling and about the TV show.
1: Completely. I completely agree.
0: And I don't know what that means necessarily.
1: Because there's the two levels of recreation. You're attempting to recreate something you've heard about and you're attempting to allow someone else to witness you recreate that thing in an authentic way. Those multiple layers of abstraction create a pretty difficult barrier to cross. The other thing is the the frequency, right? They're making a television show. So you have to go to many different locations across a season. And part of why Goatman's Bridge isn't a well-known ghost adventures episode is because it's the closest they come to a real haunting or so I understand Mm it.
0: When you read about it, they're like,
1: right. It's like some of the most activity Mm -hmm. you get Mm -hmm. in any episode. Right. I mean, I don't know, but this is what I've heard from people. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, Some of the most activity and, and, and distinct activity because it is so foreboding as compared to just like hearing a door slam.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like seeing dark spots or whatever and like being scared at night and <laughs> <in> like <the> cold.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Whereas yeah. like because you have to keep producing these and creating these episodes and like it's there's, there's, a, there's a time and a duration aspect to it, you can't guarantee mm-hmm. you're going to get more than one or two of those episodes a season. So you have to create a formula and a situation in which regular everyday life can feel like a haunting. But then when you actually have a haunting, mm-hmm. which I mean, who's to say, but when- when things spin out of control as they do in this episode, you ha- your framework has to be able to accommodate both of those experiences. And I think mm-hmm. this is an effective framework for that, but it also makes the show really silly, but that's okay, it's great.
0: It is really silly. And that's one of the things that's lovely about the paranormal. It is 100%. really silly. Nobody <laughs> can tell you it's not silly. I mean, they'll tell you it's also very serious. You know what I mean? Like It being silly doesn't make it not serious. It just makes it silly. It's fucking silly. Ghost Adventures also really highlights this aspect of ghost storytelling and ghost experience and storytelling about the experience of ghosts of um, this sort of like constant one-upsmanship between expertise and intention. Um, There's Mm. this like dynamic in paranormalism where somehow at the same time it's possible to enact these sort of to trigger these supernatural experiences, to enact these magics on these places, to experience these phenomenon as a layman, merely with the intention of experiencing them. So going somewhere and calling on the demons is enough. And yet also there's this strange balance of expertise being very important, Um and it's difficult to reconcile these. And I think you can watch ghost adventures sort of having difficulty reconciling that during these episodes. Um, You know, when they say things like we've been to 400 locations and we've never been affected by this or like um, in the battle of Perryville, they're like, this was recorded with 15 eyewitnesses, these reenactors. And um, we were able to match it with the records of this park ranger, who's a civil war historian, but then also, you can just, at the same time, they're proving that it's true, that you can just go somewhere with the intention of contacting spirits and contact spirits. And that can be true. And they, they tell you how true things are the same way, regardless if there's 15 witnesses, regardless of if it's been verified by a park ranger and civil war historian. So I don't know, that's just a trouble in the world of paranormalism that I think it's visible in these Totally.
1: Episodes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier of there's this difference between – there's a question of what proof does. Yeah. Like what does – what is proof actually accomplishing? Because this show doesn't need to be true for it to exist, but because it's in the documentary format, it needs to at least make some pretense of mm-hmm. attempting to discover truth. Right. Which not not all right. ghost stories have to do, but all paranormalists put themselves in the field mm-hmm. of due to the nature of their work
0: yes yeah the question of what does proof do is massive i mean is proof does proof convert people does proof just make someone feel a way does proof send a shiver down your spine what is it doing in the case of ghost adventures i mean a few things it's keeping them on the air it's selling ads <laughs> and it's sending a shiver down your spine i mean honestly the Goldman's bridge episode is spooky
1: totally spooky and it's Weirdly, it's creating doubt. It dispels doubt, but it also creates doubt.
0: I think the reason that Ghost Adventures resonates as a bad show and the reason that Ghost Adventures accurately represents the experience of the paranormal are one in the same. And I think that is this sort of, um, the condition, the prerequisite to the ghost story being sort of the living in the space of doubt. Um, There has to be this feeling that what's happening might not be happening um, in order for a ghost story to be successful. And I think that's something that Ghost Adventures is doing really well because they do make you doubt what's happening. They make you doubt the scientific explanation, or sorry, the, the cynical explanation, and they kind of make you doubt the paranormal explanation for what's going on. And that is the only space in which a ghost story can really exist. I mean, I that's just... You know, that's consistent with the research that I've done about ghost storytelling. Yeah, and I think
1: that one thing... I was thinking about this when you were talking about doubt and about them being one and the same, which I think is a really, really interesting mm-hmm. point. Um, it's almost like a parallel structure of how ghost stories create the believer, non-believer camps. Like mm-hmm. part of what's exciting about a ghost story is deciding whether in this case you're going to be inside or outside, whether you'll be a believer or a non-believer. And interestingly, Mm -hmm. watching a show and being part of something like that creates similar groups of viewer, non-viewer, and you can – like, there are many doubt conditions that you can enter into and many, many levels of participation you can enter into. One of them just being watching Mm -hmm. itself, which always introduces the thrill of, like, okay, are they going to get me this time? No, I don't believe that. I'm not a believer. I'm not a sucker you know so like you can have totally there's multiple experiences you can have as a viewer where like some people can have an experience of skepticism which is pleasurable in in and of itself Mm -hmm. and some people can have experiences of belief which is also pleasurable but the show can Mm -hmm. draw both because it hovers in that space of doubt
0: absolutely absolutely and i think that's one of the things i think it's sort of interesting how that like reinforces the distinctions in the form that goes or sorry like I guess the exceptions to the form that ghost adventures indulges in which is like not only does ghost adventures not have a plot from beginning to end yeah fully plotless (laughs) but the fact that it's about right like it's fully has no plot no sense (laughs) but the fact that it's about ghosts and about experiencing ghosts reinforces the lack of plot and the lack of plot reinforces that it's about ghosts like it's like a perfect little moment of um the function fulfilling the form or vice versa I don't remember what that expression is but um right because it's it's like it's like an automatopoeia. actually the word I was looking for was mimesis
1: that's so good dude (laughs) yes and the automatopoeia was boo (laughs) sorry that's so (laughs) brain dead exactly
0: um, no, that's the <laughs> closer. That's the closer. That's all we have today. Thank you, you
1: guys up. for listening. No, hell no.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Careful.
0: It's what you wish for. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Uh, sorry that the last bit sounds like it's recorded on a completely different day of the